Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are doing Isaiah, Yeshayahu 54. That's chapter Nun Dalet, chapter 54 of Yeshayahu. Just um, the last chapter, uh, we were discussing the reaction of the people of the world to the redemption of, of Israel. And um, this chapter changes focus to uh, to the speaker is different and who he is speaking to and about is different. The speaker is now God speaking through his prophet Yeshayahu and um, and he is speaking to uh, Zion, Zion or Jerusalem. Uh, we've had this you know this pattern and this is simply the way Yeshayahu has been has been writing since the beginning of this book, the pattern of changing back and forth from chapter to chapter, from verse to verse, between who the object is and who the subject is. And, and like I continue to explain, it's crucial to understand that, to understand each chapter. So now we're listening to um, God himself speaking, of course, through his prophet, Yeshayahu. So chapter 54, verse 1. Roni akoro lo yolada. Um, sing out or shout out akoro you barren woman who has not given birth. Um, the reference to Jerusalem as a barren, as, as a woman, um, give, and, and, and her children or lack of children, uh, reminds us of uh, the chapter that we read not that long ago, 49. And I'm going to go back a little bit to read that to you so that you can get the context. I'm going to refer back to chapter 49 because this is kind of a um, continuation of that. So in 49 verse 14, we had Zion, we had Zion speaking herself and saying, Vatomer Zion, Zion said, Azavani Adonai, God has forsaken me, Vadonai Shechechani, and God has forgotten me. And then God responded, Hatishkach Isha'ula, does a woman forget the um, one who she birthed? Mirachem ben Betna, does she stop having mercy on the one who was a product of her womb? And God said, "No, I don't forget." And God said, "Miharu that your your children have left you, but your children will come back." And um, we're going to go back to that reading. That od yomru the children who were yours but are gone, uh, they will have, they will one day come back, and so on and so forth. So this is really a continuation of that chapter. So it's important to bear that in mind. And God is now saying that comparing Sion, Zion, or Jerusalem, or the entire land of Israel, to a barren woman who has no children because her children are lost, they're gone, they're in exile. Um, so, Pitzchi Rina Pitzahali Lochala, burst out in song and and um, and rejoice. Um, for lo chala, for you have not had, or you, or you do not have uh, suffering. Um, lo chala, we've had this term many times, that ches lamed shoresh root, where it could mean the birth pangs, and in other words, so be happy, you who has not given birth, again, looking at Jerusalem as, um, as uh, a woman without child. Because Rabim, there are many, the, the, those that are the sons of the one who is 
Shomema, and I'm going to translate that in a minute, Mibnei Be'ula, are even more than those who are the children of the woman who has Be'ula, meaning who has cohabited or has had relations, and specifically here, meaning and has had children from other men. Amar Adonai, so says God. In other words, uh, the your children, even though you are the desolate one without children now, but your children are more than the children of the others. Um, I want to point out that the Rabbi, some uh, uh, of the commentaries explain it. Rabbi Bnei Shomeman is your children are more than the children of the other nations. It's hard to imagine but that that's the right translation because, and under no circumstances has the Jewish people ever or will ever in any practical sense outnumber the children of the other nations. Therefore, um, I'm going to emphasize what I'm going to emphasize throughout this parak that the children of Zion here are not the children of Israel specifically, but the children of Israel plus all of those other nations who join Israel in the future time to come to Zion. In the spirit of what we had before in Mishayahu, all of the children will come to Zion to worship God. All of, and those are the children that's being referred to here. Therefore, Kirabim Ma, the children who are redeemed, the ones who come, the children of the one who was desolate, right? Of all the oppressed people, right? Those are um the um the ones who who um are are much more than those that will be destroyed, those that will be lost. If we look back in Parak Aleph in chapter one, verse seven, we find the following language. Um uh when we're does Artsachem Shimama, right? Your land, right, is Shimama. We see that same language over here, Rabim Shomema. And over there we were talking about the the land of Jerusalem, which is Shamaim, Shamam. And the end of that parak ended with the whole idea that and just give me one second. And ended with the idea of is really important. That uh, and many nations will come. Let's come to the mountain of God, and so on. Because out of Zion comes Torah, and the word of God from, comes from Jerusalem. In other words, the, the land of Jerusalem was called Shomam, and the Rabbim, the many people that came to her, are the many, many nations of the world that came to her. And therefore, Rabbim b'nei Shomemah, b'nei b'ulah, is actually realistic. We're going to see some more references to the first chapter shortly. So let's continue with verse 2. Widen the place of your tent. In other words, widen it. No longer will you be just a tent for the people, the residents of Zion, even just for the Jewish people, but rather widen your tent. And this tent is a reference to the tabernacle, to the Mishkan. As we know from the verse, My house is a house of prayer for all of the nations. 
That's what we're going to see in this verse. And the Yeriot, which is a reference to the Yeriot, which is the um, the uh, uh, the cloth wall panels that surrounded the tabernacle of the Mishkan, of the Mishkinotayach, of your of the places where where your of, of your tabernacle. Widen the tent, widen the Mishkan, widen it. It's no longer just for a people, but it's for everyone. Yatu al tachsochi, Mishkanosayich yatu. Open up your tent, your tabernacle. Al tachsochi, do not be stingy. Open it up wide and big. Let everyone in. Ha'arichi mesoraich. Lengthen the ropes that tie it down. Visedosayich. Like we have the yisedos, the stakes that held them, the Mishkan, that held the tabernacle, Chazeki, make them strong, so you can have a big building and let everyone in. This is crucial. This is really, really important. Let it in. Let's look back for a moment. The same reference, if we look at chapter 5 of Yeshayahu, verses 5 and 6, um, where it discusses... Um, Um, I think I, I made a mistake there. It's not five. It's actually chapter four, verses five and six, which I wanted to read, where it talks about um, God is going to create an anon, a cloud, which is the same cloud that was over the Mishkan. Which is going to surround the area. That was at the time in the future when God brings the world to, to Zion. So let's continue to verse 3. For, because you are going to spread out to the right and to the left across the entire world. And your children, right? Your children, meaning the children of Israel, will inherit, will incorporate many, many nations. And those cities which are destroyed, Shemama, from the same language we used before, Yoshivu, they will all settle. Now, Zarech Goyim Yirosh, I want to go back, let's look at chapter 11 for a moment. Um, chapter 11, verse 10 and 11. Um, it's important for us to understand that it will be in that day in the future. The root of Jesse, in other words, the Messiah himself, will stand as a sign to all the nations. And they love Goyim Yidroshu. All of the nations will search for him. His resting place, meaning Zion, will be an honor. He will gather the people from everywhere. And again, in, in 14... In Yudalid, Parak Bays, we see a similar idea. I'm sorry, uh, uh, verse Bays. Ulukachum amim ve'aviyuma mukomam v'itnachalum v'it Yisrael. In the same language, they hit, uh, we're referring to those other nations, right? Those amim v'itnachalum v'it Yisrael al admat Adonai. And the, the children of Israel will take them as an inheritance, right, upon the land. They will settle them upon the land. So again, we see that same language. So then let's continue um, to verse 4. Al-Tiri, do not be afraid. Kilo Tevoshi, for you will not be embarrassed anymore, God says to Zion. Vi'alti, call me, and do not be ashamed. Kilo Tachbiri, you shall no longer be di- disgraced or stepped upon. Kivoshet alumayach the, the embarrassment that you had when you were young, 
um, uh, you shall forget about it. You'll be far in the past. V'cherpat al menusayich, and the dis- the shame that of your widowhood when you lost your children. Lot is kriod. You shall no longer remember. Let's go back for a moment to chapter fifty-one, verse seventeen, where we have the idea as follows. Um, it ori, it ori, kumi Yerushalayim. Get up, Jerusalem, Asher shatit mi Adonai akod chamaso et kubat kos atari loshet. Right, the, it talked about over there the embarrassment um, that people had stepped upon you. People didn't didn't uh, um, uh, didn't didn't respect you. Vatasimi chaoretz kevech in verse twenty three there, and they made you like the they made your body like the land and stepped all over you. But no longer will that be. That's what he's saying in verse four now. Kibo alayech osayech because. You're the the ones who own you are the ones who created you. The, in other words, the one who owned you, owns you, which is me, God. I am the one who created you, Adonai Tzvoshimon. Who is that? That is the God of hosts. That is me, Alech. And your Redeemer is Kedosh Yisrael, the Holy One of Israel, which is Elohei Chalaaretzi Kore, which is going to be called and is called the God of the entire world. Again, the same theme. God is the Kedosh, the Holy One of Israel, and through them He becomes Elohei Chalhar, that's the God of the entire land. It's true. Um, you were a forsaken woman, and you were sent away, but God has called you back. The wife of His youth, Kitima Ace. Yes, it's true that you were hated and sent away, but you're being brought back. Omar Aloyach, so says God. For a short amount of time, I did abandon you. However, but with great mercy, I shall bring you back. In a, in a quick moment of anger, I hid my face for just a moment from you. But with kindness that lasts forever, I have mercy on you. So says your Redeemer God. Verse 9, because this is just like the waters of Noah. Just like I swore back then, at the time of Noah, I swore never to destroy the world again with the with the flood. The same thing here. This was a quick moment of wrath. I similarly swear never to get mad at you again and never to abandon you, Jerusalem, God says. Because the mountains may may move and the and the hills may shake, there might be earthquakes, there might be thunderstorms, there might be hurricanes. However, my favor, my kindness will never leave you. And the promise of my peace, the covenant of my peace, shall never move away, shall never slip away. So says God, the one who has mercy upon you. Now we're to verse 11. You who is tossed in storm and and... And, and and impoverished, who doesn't get relief, who doesn't get comforted, I will um, uh, lay down um, your stones, uh, as as um, carbuncles, and I will make your foundations out of sapphire. I will build you out of beautiful, beautiful stones. And I will make your um, your uh, um, 
your protective walls out of rubies or some other precious stone, and your gates will be made out of precious stones, and desirable, expensive stones will be uh, surrounding all of you, with, will build your boundaries. And all of your children will be will be people who are who are those that are learned of God, those who know of God, those who are aware of God and what He means. And what kind of people are those? Those are the people that are great in peace. Your children will be Rav Shalom, will be full of peace. Those are the children that know God. Those are the children that will populate you. And then, just to remind you, if we look back for a moment, chapter 1, verse 27, all the way back in the beginning, Isaiah told us what it is that Zion needs, what it is that Zion wants, what it is that will redeem Zion, and that was Tion Bimishbatipode. Zion will be redeemed with justice. Bishavel those who return to it, those are the people we're talking about now. Bitsidaka will come back with Tidaka. And that's why verse 14 starts, Bitsidakatikonani. It is with righteousness that you shall be reestablished. Just like he said back then. If we look also in chapter 30, verse 12, um, uh, why were they people thrown out of Atif Tukhuba Oshek Binaloz? Um uh, that that what through took got them thrown out of Jerusalem, it was when they they had faith in Oshek and when they did too much in, in thieving and stealing. However, now Rahakime Oshek you will be distanced from that kind of behavior. Kiloti Rai you will no longer be afraid. Umimachita and from fear you will no longer have Kiloti Kravilaya will not come closer to you. This next verse chap verse fifteen is very is difficult to translate. Um, there's several translations. I'm gonna choose the translation of the Ebenezra here. Um, it said uses the word Gor Yagur. Gimel Resh has many different possible meanings. It could mean fear, uh, Yaguru, uh, uh, which we find in the Shira regarding the people of Moab that were afraid when when the Jews were redeemed from Egypt was the language Yagur. Yagur could also mean to gather, to gather things together, but it could also mean to reside, and it can also mean a stranger. It all depends on the context. And the various interpretations of this Pasuk are different. I'm choosing the second parish in Evan Ezra, which explains um, as follows. Um, uh, give me one second here. Um, uh, a kigor yagor, right, which means that uh, that uh, this is these are the words of Evan Ezra. Birshmi sheyagur imcha ger baaretz shehu shaliki emrushusi mishiyitzel lagur imcha barzi. That it's referring to living. It's referring to the those that come to live. If you translate it like the Evan Ezra, then the meaning of the pasuk would be as follows: Hingor yagur, behold. Those that choose to live shall live. Um, Fs may oc. 
right? They will only they will not be able to live unless it is with your permission and the way you want them to live. Migar itach, he who chooses or they who choose to live with you, alaihi pol, will fall upon you, meaning they will fall to your jurisdiction. You will be the ruler over how they live. And how does Tion want people to live in Tion? Well, this is an idea that Yeshayahu has told us on numerous times. One Pasuk verse is what we said before when we quoted Tion Those that come to live in Zion have to come with righteousness and justice. Kimitzion, we also said in Isaiah earlier on, Kimitzion Tete Torah. It is from Zion that the Torah comes. That the way of God, God's way of life, and the word of God comes from Jerusalem, that's the way to live. We also find in chapter 4, verse 3, also another place where it tells us how, how Zion wants people to live. If we look for a moment there, we said in, in chapter 4, verse 3, um, those that live in Jerusalem are those that are kadosh, are those that are holy, as the Malbim stated over there. Those people will all be tzaddikim; they will all be holy ones, right? And then in chapter fifty-two, we also said in verses seven and eight. Let me just turn to there in a minute. These are all places where Yeshayahu told us numerous times the kind of people that belong in Jerusalem, the kind of people that Zion wants are these types of people. Where it said in 52, Who, the, the ones, how beautiful it is upon the mountaintops, the legs, the feet of those people, when they come to say, they say the news to Zion, the Zion that, the, the, the God that Zion has, which is the one who tells to peace, the one who speaks of goodness. The one who speaks of redemption. These are the things, those are the people that will live. They will live by your rules, the rules of Zion. And then we continue the last two verses. Behold, God says, I am the one who created the the um the carpenter pecham, the fire the, the the one who's able to blow and fan the flames of the smith smithy that he has to build his tools. I'm the, so that he can go ahead and produce the tools that he makes. And I'm also the one, I'm the one who created the smith. I'm the one that created the fire. I'm the one that gave him the ability to make tools. And I'm also the one that made the, took the ability to make those tools destroy as well. And I'm telling you that any keli and this, the, the, the vessels that are made by the smith are often associated with swords and knives and weapons and arrows and spears and so on. But I'm telling you, God says, I'm the one that made them. I control who they destroy. Lo yitzlach, they will not be successful. The tarshi. And everyone, every language, every people that come against you, lamishpat tarshi, they will be made um, guilty in the justice that is to come. If we look back again at chapter 4, just to remind you real quick, what was this justice? Um, chapter 4, verse 3. Um, this is the justice that God talks about. That 
that when it comes time in the future, God is going to wash out all of the garbage from Zion, all of the junk, because he is going to uh, meet out mishpat, justice. That is what God is saying over here in the future time again. La mishpat tarshi. They will be guilty because of the justice that I will meet out. There will be justice, and that justice will be done properly. Those that deserve it will get punished, and those that don't will not uh, will, will not get punished and will be rewarded. Um, uh, over here, uh, just to read quickly from the words of the Malbim on Pasuk Yudzayan, Um, he describes how the um, the justice of God is justice where of the future where the where the guilty will be punished and the and the innocent will be rewarded. This is the inheritance of those that serve God and their righteousness comes from me, so says God. Thank you for listening to chapter fifty four. Looking forward to studying chapter fifty five together.